Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Craig Way, Jeff Howell alongside as well, and our producer, Cameron Parker. Uh, glad to have you with us. Uh, program reminder Longhorn baseball this afternoon can be heard on 101. Point nine FM, 1019 and AM 1260 as Texas hosts the Air Force Academy at UFCU Dishfog Field. It is a 345 airtime and a 4 o'clock first pitch. Um, uh, Ball Don't Lie will be heard in its uh, regularly scheduled time slot starting at 3 o'clock this afternoon here on the Horn on 1049. So anyway, there's uh, there's that, just a little uh, programming note. For Young and the Restless is on TV. I don't recognize right. any of the cast members. Is Victor still around? I was going to ask that. I don't know if Victor Newman's still yeah. running things in Genoa City, but I don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You know, you know how I know so much about the Young and the Restless. When I was how do kid, you know? When so. I was a kid, uh, and it shows it shows how long some of these people have been on the, yes. on the show. So during the, during the summers when I was a kid and out of school, my grandma worked at uh, she worked at, she was a nurse, and she would start getting ready for work probably towards the end of the prices, right? Yeah. So it was my job, so I didn't get into. Any shenanigans? It was just you know find something in the house to keep you occupied, and okay. it just ended up you know degenerating to me grabbing the sports page and thumbing through that while the Young and the Restless was on TV. Okay, um, the character was Victor Newman, right? Yeah, he was. It, it, that's one of those characters that, that transcends the decades with that soap. So, like my uh, late wife Laura used to watch it, and my mom was a real dedicate. I mean, right to. <laughs> Her final days, I think she was still watching The Young and the Restless, uh, you know, last November. Uh, and uh, but it's it's like it's like if you you didn't even have to be a soap viewer to understand that if you were talking about all my children, it was Erica Kane, right? Yeah, Susan Lucci. That uh, General Hospital was all about Luke and Laura for so many years. It's right? kind of like if you're in a crowd of people, you say the name Hulk Hogan, how many people are going to recognize the name? Most right, people, even if you haven't watched. A second of pro wrestling in the last 20 years. You know what's That's going That's true. On. That's true. Uh, all right. You're ready to pop us with some breaking oh, news yes, right now. Some so great breaking news. Cameron. Dynamite drop in there, Cam. Uh, Craig, we've known that Texas was going to be participating in the Empire Classic. Mm-hmm. But we have dates and we have a field. All right. Th- this is going to be November tw- 19th and 20th. That's a Sunday, Monday. It's part of your Feast Week programming. There you go. 
Very, very underrated week of programming. Feast the week, Feast yes. Week? Because now it's more than a week. Yes, exactly. It's like a feast almost two weeks. But It's almost I, a feast fortnight. <laughs> exactly. But I digress. Uh, so it's a Sunday-Monday at Madison Square Garden. Your four-team field is Texas, Indiana, yeah. Louisville, and? and your reigning national champions, the Yukon Huskies. Your newly minted national champions. It doesn't say the pairings yet. No. Right? No. Uh, and then, Texas, of course, you'll have, like, the campus games where you'll play. You know, yeah, right. Right. Have you'll those. play, like, Army or, mm-hmm. you know, Cal Baptist or whoever. Right. Well, apologies to all Cal Baptist alums listening to the show. But the, you're right that some of those uh, WAC schools seem to be participants in that. Like, mm-hmm. UTRGV's been in it. New Mexico State has been in it. San where Jose they play State. Those, yeah, those, those campus ones. So, anyway, uh, okay, that's good news. That's good stuff. So, you'll go straight from... The Ames metro area to the Garden. Because they're exactly alike, Ames and New York City. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I told you during the break, and I'll tell the listening audience, after the first and second rounds and and being in Des Moines for four or five days, Mm -hmm. I need need a prolonged break from the Des Moines metro area. So I think... uh, I think that'll be a Chip Brown road trip. Okay. Talk about the Horns 24-7 staff. Uh, On the Specs text line, somebody said, yes, Victor and Nikki are still on, and so is Jill. Wow. (laughs) We're still kicking. Uh, so, all right. See, I see Sharon and Nick now. Okay, I I, I know what's going on. Okay, I see some familiar faces. You could be clocked out for like years, come back in and just pick up right where it left off. Pretty much, yeah, for yeah. real. And there was a. You remember I told you I told you guys that somewhere I worked at a computer support place. Somebody had a sick obsession with the Young and the Restless, so wow. the TV would stay on there. So I got I got caught up one summer about I don't know what was that? 15, yeah, fifteen years ago because that was a summer. Uh, What's the di- oh no, fourteen because that was the summer after we got married. It's the other General Hospital family, the Quartermains. Yeah, there were the, the Quartermains. It's not a big General Hospital. Yeah. Young and the Restless was the, the big. That the was big the one, one big for one me. for yeah. you. There, uh, somebody says wrestling is the male soap opera we all grew up on. Pretty much, yeah. I think it's well, by the way. Well rest, rest in peace, Bushwhacker Butch. Butch from the Bushwhackers uh, passed away yesterday. So, mm-hmm. uh, on the specs text line, somebody asking, "Does college baseball use the pitch clock?" They certainly do. And it's not just the pitch clocks on the hitters as well. Um, up in Arlington, who was it? Was it Dylan Campbell? I'm trying to remember who who the Longhorn was that was called out on strikes because if the batter yes, steps it was, it was out, DC, yep, in the Arkansas game, yeah, yeah, if the batter steps out and without time being granted, he can be assessed a one strike penalty. Whereas if the pitcher takes too long, he can be assessed a ball. Uh, okay, but the the rule the rule is going to ask you about because I don't they don't have this in college, but it is in it is a major league rule. You can do two unsuccessful pickoff throws. A third one has to be successful, or it's a balk. Yeah, they need that rule in college. Yeah, the, I, I will tell you this, Jeff. I've seen fewer throws over the first, except the other night by uh, Jawan Watt, Watts Brown yeah. must have thrown over. Six consecutive times, I think it was something like that. But that's more the exception to rule. I've seen fewer throws over the first than I have in the past. I, I forget, I forget who the Braves were playing, but it was a deal where there's two unsuccessful pickoff attempts on Ronald Acuna, and he basically got an uncontested, uncontested steal a second because yeah. you couldn't go there a third couldn't. time to be a balk. Yep. So it's like, well, okay, whether you balk or give up a steal, what's the difference? He's going to be on second base anyway. You better, you know, better make sure you're going to pick him off if you're going to throw that yeah. third time. Yeah, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, so uh, that's what somebody was asking about the throws to first, and you just uh, just uh, define the difference. Um, so 
Uh, John in the Bay wants you to know that the uh, Cal Baptist point guard is in the portal. Yeah. Good player. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so there you oh, go. Oh, geez, lost contact. Oh. Oh. I found it's in my hand though. Oh, okay, this, is, this makes for great live radio, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that it does. Uh, okay, the, uh, <laughs> the, the Cam has been waiting to um, hit us with this because he wanted to wait till you were back in, and and I did as well for this. Uh, this is about the Masters, and of course, gold the, jacket, green the, jacket. Who gives a? Yeah, well, you know, it was the the gold jacket thing. I mean, the green jacket thing started, um, and. Um, and somebody uh, wanted to know, uh, Cam, um, looking, yes, uh, Cam, when will those Thursday tea times be announced? Just came out, actually. Did? Yeah. You want to hear some of the groups at Absolutely. all? Absolutely. Uh, Jeff puts his contact back in. We're uh, good. We're good. Tiger Woods, probably the biggest name. He's playing with Victor Hovland and Xander Schauff. Probably he, the biggest name. Come on now. <laughs> Give the goat his respect. Well, I don't. We might have some live fans who listen. You know, they might be all aboard the Bryson the Shambo. Tiger had a good draw. He's at ten eighteen Eastern on Thursday. That means he's going to have a later draw on Friday, which is good for his legs. It's going to be really crappy weather out there. It's going to be playing long and slow. But Tiger's with Hovland, Shoffley, uh, Scotty Scheffler's playing with Max Homa in the defending U.S. Amateur Champ, which is Sam Bennett, who is a Texas A&M Aggie. So a little fun there. Uh, Longhorn Aggie in the same group. Uh, Jordan Speeds with Tommy Fleetwood and Tony Finau. He goes off at 2 p.m. Eastern and then 10.45 Eastern on Friday. Uh, Colin Morikawa, Fitzpatrick, Salatoris are a group. JT, John Rom, Cam Young are a group. And then Tom Kim, Roy McIlroy, who's chasing his career Grand Slam. And then Sam Burns are a group as well. What so, was that Scotty Shuffler tea, tea time on Thursday, Cam? 12.36 our time okay. on Thursday. Okay. okay. So basically Tiger will be on the course during our show. Yes, but it's going to be some thunderstorms expected on Thursday. So this might be one of those Masters where it's going to be either wrapping up Sunday morning or possibly even a Monday finish, but ho- hopefully not. But I'm guessing things will be delayed on Thursday at some point. Well, there you go. Okay. Um, all right. So, Cam, uh, you had this. And we wanted to wait until Jeff got back uh, to do this. So I'm I'm going to let you do this now since we are on the subject of the Masters. Before we uh, get our break, and my contact just ripped it in half. Did it really? Awesome. Yeah. Did you rip it or did it just? No, I think rip? it just tore on its own. I hope the other half isn't stuck in my eye. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm distracted. You're sure that it it tore on its own? Yeah. Because it's not like that scene with Nick Burns, your computer repair guy, with Jimmy Fallon there, and says, "What's the problem?" Comes over and Jennifer Aniston sitting there. And she's oh, stupid computer won't do it. Oh, so it's the computer that's stupid. <laughs> move, move. No, we're good. We're okay. good. I'll okay. just uh, Craig. If I start, if if I'm making weird eye movements with my left eye, I'm not winking at you. It's just that I'm. I understand what you're doing. Doing the Forrest Whitaker face, Jeff. Okay, let's have it, Karen. The Champions Dinner is tonight. Have you seen the menu, Jeff? No, I haven't. Oh. Wait till you hear this. Now remember, Scotty right. Scheffler. Oh, okay, yeah. Defending champ, so he picks the menu. Tell me if this all doesn't right, sound right. okay. like it. Can I guess? Can I guess? Sure. I'm going to guess not brisket. Correct. Okay. Oh, Scotty Scheffler. So you have you have two apps. You have a starter, the main entree, and then dessert. It's got to be some kind of like chicken fried steak, something something fried, something chicken fried. Nothing fried except for the firecracker shrimp, which is a starter alongside cheeseburger sliders or an appetizer. That? Okay. And, and, the and, and, and they're done. What they said, they're done Scotty style. They say. Yeah. Which. Um, 
Ty Henderson said maybe that might be a kind of an offshoot of animal style, like for In-N-Out, although that's a California thing. I don't know. You know, might have some special dressing or something like that. I don't know. So like Step Brothers putting fancy sauce on it? That's it. Okay. That, that kind of thing. All right. So those are the appetizers. The firecracker shrimp with what? It's either got a sriracha. Yes. Yeah, so sweet Thai chili and sriracha mayo. All right. So I don't want anything to burn my sphincter. So okay. you know, I'll, I'll right. skip that. You're out really? on that. But you'd be okay with the, the, the slider. Sliders are good. Yeah. Sliders okay. work. All right. Those are the appetizers. They're the starters. Now to the entree. Well, before that is like your super salad. Oh, yeah. And he went with soup this year in classic Texas-style tortilla soup. How about that? Avocado, crispy blue tortilla strips, sour cream, cilantro, and lime. Good call. I know if Craig was ever playing in the Champions Dinner, if you ever won the Masters, she crab soup is going to be the soup. It's going to be on it. She crab soup would definitely be on it. Yeah. And if it wasn't, I would would look down on you a little bit for not. You know what? That's a good – you just brought up a good topic. If you could have your own – champion's dinner what would it be what would it be chicken whoppers <laughs> chicken whoppers. <laughs> shipped in from dubai from dubai okay now to the main course <laughs> would you like to know what the main course is sure on the scotty scheffler uh menu two options and then two sides texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish and then your sides are family style mac and cheese jalapeno cream corn fried brussels sprouts and seasoned fries all of that is very Texas's. Yeah. Very Texas esque. There. The redfish coming from down along the Texas Gulf Coast. Have you guys tried uh you guys done Brussels sprouts in the air fryer? Hate Brussels sprouts, don't eat them in any way, shape, or form. Really? Yep. Okay. I think we've covered that before. Yep. Cam, you ever done you have you done vegetables? Either of y'all done vegetables, period, in the air fryer? Oh yeah. Yeah. Asparagus. Cauliflower. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. In Won't the do cauliflower. Sweet potatoes. Like sweet potatoes. Yeah. yeah. You know my my squash. my no, no fly squash. no squash my no fly list or no eat list no squash no broccoli no cauliflower no turnips uh, no Brussels sprouts that's all all of those stinky vegetables. Craig, there. this sounds like the convers a conversation I'm having with you right now sounds like the conversation I was having with my five year old last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes all I want for dinner is breadsticks <laughs> too. That's all I want. She's there. like, Daddy, I don't like vegetables. I'm like, Well, Bug, we need to find you a vegetable that you like. I'm like, What about Brussels sprouts? I don't like Brussels sprouts. You know who refuses? What about green beans? I don't like green beans. I love green beans. She's, I love cream spinach. She settled on mm. broccoli. Bro- yeah. She likes broccoli. Uh, okay. You know Not who hates vegetables? Who's that? Al Michaels. Really? Refuses to eat. Vegetables has, does not eat them at all. Wow, wow! I like veg most vegetables, but that the ones I just outlined are the ones that I won't eat. Yeah, but I I like fresh spinach. I like that. You know, I like asparagus. I just there's just a, I love green beans, green peas. Uh, just just won't do. So, a lot so of Cam things. saying that reminded me of something. Craig, did you ever like your days at KRLD? Like when you first started, were people still burning heaters in the newsroom, or is that? Was oh that yeah, that? okay. Oh, yeah. You know, what, the most uncomfortable I think I have ever felt in my life as a professional happened one um, one time I went into the radio station, and there was this old curmudgeonly dude, and he was in there, and he had in his hands a photo. I said, what do you got there? And he goes, look at this. And he shows it, and he goes, this is the KRLD newsroom, 1964. And it was like six reporters or anchors or whatever, standing over in a corner, and they were all working, and they were all in white dress shirts, ties, and they're all doing heaters. They're all, they all you know, doing cigs. <laughs> and he goes, and they all had lung darts working, and he goes, yep, see that? 
all male and all white, just the way it should be. Ooh, and I felt really Good uncomfortable. Lord. Fortunately, that guy did not work that much longer. Yeah, that that at the uh, radio station. That that story took a pretty I told sharp, you. unexpected, unsavory turn. Did I tell you that was the most uncomfortable Jeez. I ever felt? So basically, I just walked away. So basically, you still worked at KRLD when it was going to the newsroom. It was like stepping into a bingo hall. Just like this cloud of smoke. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, and then they and then they just started saying, "Hey, go outside to take your smoke breaks." You know, there's gen- generations did. of Americans that are going to be shocked that we try to do the smoking section bit in restaurants. We had and- it in my high school. <laughs> when smoke hall, it was outside. <laughs> you could go in between classes. You know, the kids are going out there saying it was a nasty area, too. It was, all the, it was just dirt. All the grass had been worn out. And there was like one of those 55-gallon drums there. And you got 16, 17-year-old kids up there heating up lung darts, going and then Jeez. just dropping it in. And then it's time to head off to English, uh, advanced English or shop class or something like that. Yeah, smoke hall in my high school. So now what I'm, you're saying is, Craig, your generation was not the greatest generation. Never claimed that. <laughs> well, my generation. I think just... you get disqualified if it's if in high school you had a smoke call. You got to remember the state I grew up into tobacco. Well, that Big is true. Yeah. Industry. My know. generation just takes their jewel pods and just hot boxes the sea hall bathroom. So I, I would think my generation is worth. Uh, the term hot boxing means something else in, yep. in my mind. Yep. 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 Okay. All like right. Somebody uh, tried to hot box people in the men's bathroom yesterday. Ew. All right. On that note. On to a break when we when we come back, uh, we'll have uh, a Flex Thirty update, and we will have uh, Jeff's Longhorn notebook fresh from the Sark availability. And we'll talk sports on the Sports Talk Station. How about that? That's the Horn one zero four nine one zero one nine AM twelve sixty. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Craig Way and Jeff Howe light the tower. What I've tried to do about living my life lately, not beg, steal, and borrow, but just trying to be easy. You know, try to be easy to get along with or talk to. My kids might look at it differently. I'm trying to be that. I'm trying to be the, the better person. Take my cue from Lionel Richie. You know, and do that. This is Light the Tower here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. It's time now for a Flex 30 update. 
Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. So, Cameron Parker, we have more um, soccer postseason action on the docket, do we not? I believe so. Starting off on Friday, Dripping Springs boys reaching the the regional semifinals, Round Rock Dragons regional semifinals. I think there's about six or seven Sentex teams that have made it this far. Wow. So there's going to be a good chance we're going to have a Sentex team in the state championship, which I believe will still be played up at Burkleback Stadium, Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so that's good to know. So, uh, you know, just uh, get ready for that still uh, other teams tomorrow what we'll do in the update is give you some of those exact pairings who's playing who when and where uh so you'll know about that for the upcoming uh soccer postseason games that are still on tap as we get to the sweet 16 and elite eight of boys and girls soccer across the state and then last Friday as well, Fandergrift offensive lineman and Jeff, I'm sure you've been a part of this recruitment, but he revealed his top five. Remember his teammate Ian Reed uh, going to Clemson. Out of his top five, there is Clemson, Florida, LSU. Also the Texas Longhorns in it for the top five for a 2024, Jeff, I believe, 2024 offensive yep. lineman from Vandy. Yeah, Blake Frazier. Good prospect. Yeah. Wow. Talked to Coach Sanders about him during the fall as a kid that was – it's kind of how you have to get your own line prospects. He was a, a kid that kind of grew out of the tight end position and is now one of the top O-line prospects in the state in the class of 2024. So there it is. There's our Flex 30 update for today. Time now for our second hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Having just returned fresh from a Sark media availability. Following or practice this morning, fresh, actually fresh from the bathroom, I was flushing my eye out because it felt like I had something in there. I'm good. Did the smell what, in was there, the or? was the bathroom okay? It wasn't a viral hazard. I don't know. It was actually p- quite pleasant. Wow. So there's somebody from one of the other businesses on this floor that was in there having a conversation, just walk, just pacing in the bathroom, which was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah. Just kind of walking around back and forth in the bathroom. Yeah. Just like, just do your business go. Okay. Business go. Um, anyway, I I did my business in a sense by going to yeah. Sark availability. Yes. After practice, practice nine in the books for the Longhorns. So not counting the spring game, they've got four more before spring ball wraps up. Uh, I think the theme of this availability, Craig, and, and I, I'm not going to take credit for starting the, the the topic, but I asked Sark about about David Bendis spring, mm-hmm. and. When you look at David Bendy and Keaton Crawford, how much do he and the staff, really does the entire organization, appreciate guys that, you know, are fourth, fifth-year guys that have been, you know, in the case of Keaton Crawford primarily, a special teams guy, in the, in the case of David Bendy, just hasn't hardly played at all, that, that they paid their dues, they've stuck around, and now they're going into their fourth or fifth year, and they're, they're not only competing for spots in the two deep, but they're running with the first team at their respective spot. And Sark said in the case of Benda, in the case of Crawford, he talked about this with Juan Davis, with Mo Blackwell, and, and a couple other guys. He mentioned probably five, six guys throughout the course of this 20-minute availability where he said, so-and-so, fill in the blank, is we're seeing their best football right now. Wow. Yeah. And I think that speaks to the trajectory the staff feels like it's on in terms of player development. It, you know, we 
we don't have enough time left in the broadcast year to go over the player development issues that have been running rampant in this program for the last, you know, how well, 15 years or so or however long it's been. But, you know, Sark said from the minute he took the job, one of the very first things he said was, we want to be a great developmental program. You want to get guys here. You want to get highly touted guys here that have high ceilings and help as many of them reach their ceilings as, as possible. That's essentially what player development is. And you help them reach their ceilings as as players in terms of their craft at their positions, their skill sets, their athleticism, uh, how they are, how they conduct themselves off the field as a teammate. Across the board, you want to develop guys. Which is only going to make your the totality of your program more successful, a better program. Yeah, which I think, but that extends like the tentacles of player development and mm-hmm. extends out like to do all those things. Okay, you need to make sure guys are at the training table when they're supposed to be. You need to make sure guys are getting properly hydrated and they're mm-hmm. on their books. And, and all of that stuff plays into it. And Texas, so many under so many regimes, has been missing parts of that and it all plays into the lack of development we've seen but i think it's really good for sark to point out like i said so many guys five six guys that he feels like they're getting the best of that guy right now uh one position that uh we talked a lot about as a line we talked a lot about every position group but the linebacker came up and you know, he mentioned mo blackwell's one of those guys that paid his dues on special teams and, and i think it's it's those guys that are in their third year under sark benda uh blackwell Keaton Crawford falls into that group. Juan Davis falls into that group. There's a lot of those guys now that this staff is saying, okay, they're more comfortable not only with this regime and how they do things on a day-to-day basis. They're more comfortable with the schemes. They know what to expect from a winter conditioning standpoint. That's what Sark said David Benda's ascent really started during winter conditioning. You know, he had he he took the time to go meet with Jeff Choate and figure out, okay, what am I missing? Where do I need to get better? And had a really good time during conditioning. Um, so all that stuff plays into it. But going back to linebacker, you know, Mo Blackwell is is competing with Benda for that spot next to Jalen Ford. I know some Texas fans might not want to hear it, Craig, but and this is no knock on Anthony Hill or Leunga LaFowle by any stretch because both those guys, by all accounts, have been really good this spring. But Jet Bush is still running with your twos and still making plays during scrimmage situations well, and, and if, when he's on the field. If, if Texas fans, like you say, and you're probably correct on this, don't want to hear it, they're going from the mindset of the limited use they've seen those guys in the past, not from what Sark and what the coaching staff has seen from them in spring drills. But there's know, a there, difference. There's always there's always that one that one you know former walk on or a guy that just you know why is that guy playing? Right. You know, whether it's Kai Money or Dylan Haynes or, yeah. or you know go on down the list, whoever it is. And my take on that is, hey, if you don't want those guys to get reps, somebody go take their job. Yeah, go take a job from them. And, you know, like I said, Jet Bush is running with the twos, running behind uh, Jalen Ford. But he's a, until this staff feels like Hill and LaFau are in a position where they can give them quality reps, he's going to be a really big piece of their linebacker rotation. Guys have been on campus for seven weeks. And, he, you know, those guys, the you know, Hill and LaFau, they're going to take some time. It's going to need a little bit of time. And. Folks should probably pump the brakes on expecting the immediate return on the investment yeah. from an incoming early enrollee true freshman. And that's what Sark said, too, why a guy like David Benda and a guy like Keaton Crawford, they can be really good examples for the young guy. Because the young guys come in, hey, why am I not starting? Why am I not getting to play? Well, now I'm going to hit the portal and go somewhere else. But these are guys that have worked through that. And in the case of David Benda, you know, when he was at Texas in 2019, by before the end of his first year on campus, the linebackers coach and the defensive coordinator he committed to was fired. 
And then he plays for Chris Ash, who's gone after one year. So by his, by his third year in the program, he's on his third position coach, his third coordinator. So uh, that's another part we talk about yep. player development. You gotta have you gotta have stability within your coaching staff. So it all ties in together. But you know, Jet Bush is a part of a part of that depth at linebacker. So is Mo Blackwell and, and David Bender. The other position group, Craig, that I'm really intrigued with is the tight end position. And I, I asked Sark about position, you know, position personnel groupings, not position groups, personnel groupings. Okay. And you know, spring a time where he wants to figure out, hey, we want to be. You know, uh, primarily a 12 personnel offense or an 11 personnel offense or a 21 personnel offense. And he said, no, he said spring is really still where they're just trying to develop guys and still get kind of get guys comfortable with whatever they think that role is going to be. And he said, really, they're not going to he's not going to really I don't want to use the term pigeonhole, but he's not really going to pin down what specific personnel groupings are going to be their bread and butter really until you get through that first half of fall camp once you get into the game planning stages and then you can figure out all right we can we feel like we can major in these personnel groupings and based on your talent and what they can do and then from that from that point then it becomes a week-to-week proposition all right we need to be uh, we need to play with more of a service. We need to be more of a 12 personnel group this week. Or, or we think we really have an advantage on the perimeter. Maybe we need to be a 10 personnel grouping this week with four wide receivers. And obviously JT Sanders would factor in that. I'm just using hypotheticals here. But Sark said basically it's going to be a second half of camp before he really starts to pin down kind of the nitty-gritty specifics. And he said this, this in reference to depth chart, too, and I think this holds true with the position, uh, with the personnel group thing. By the time you leave spring ball, you've got a general idea of where you are in both those areas. Mm-hmm. Specifically with the 2D, because he's going to sit down with guys at the end of spring ball and say, look, if we, and he used this exact example today, he said, you sit down with a guy and say, look, if we had to go play a game next Saturday, this is where you'd be on the depth chart. And over the summer, by the time we get to camp, this is what you need to do to either keep this job or put yourself in a position to be able to win this job. Because you still got the first couple weeks of camp to go win a job. But right. then, then we know the whole deal after that, and then you're in the game planning and your depth chart kind of is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting just to get Sark's perspective on things like depth chart and, and kind of who you're going to be on offense, kind of when that stuff starts to take form. And, uh, you know, he told us last year, Craig, he did pretty much from the, the end of spring ball, right up until camp, that's when he does the bulk of that and really right. studies people and he'll go different places. Like last summer, he went and hung out with the Rams for a few days and hung out with Sean McVay. We know he, Kyle Shanahan was in town for the clinic recently. So that's when he'll do a lot of that stuff in terms of figuring out what this team is and, and getting his ideas together and implementing new things that he might want to try during camp. He'll do all that during the summer. Um, but, you know, that tight end position is pivotal. Juan Davis is another guy that he said is playing his best football right now. They feel comfortable with Gunnar Helm. I just really worry about that position because the indispensability, for lack of a better term, of JT Sanders. Like I just think, I think of all the guys you can least afford to lose. Again, if I was power ranking that list, he'd be number one for me mm. because the the step down from him to the next tight end. It's no knock on Gunnar Helm. It's just that's just how good JT Sanders is. So. I know that's kind of a crash course in what we got during the availability today, but nothing really earth-shattering. It was kind of a lot of more big-picture stuff and, and depth chart stuff and kind of look at some of those position battles we talked about pretty much since the start of spring and 
you know, running back and corner and uh, wide receiver and just kind of how are some of those things shaking out, offensive line, some of those pieces coming together, uh, just getting Sark's kind of kind of 30,000-foot view on right. where things stand a little less than two weeks out from the spring game, about a week and a half out from the spring game. So there you are. And and like you said, a little over a week and a half to go before that spring game on the 15th of April. So just get ready for that. Okay, uh, before we get to the break, a couple of things from uh, – the Specs text line, and they said, uh, uh, "So those kids uh, smoking unlabeled cigarettes at the smoke hall? No, no, no. They had they had the the regular ones. You had to be careful about that. There was none of that other stuff." Weatherford High School, nineteen eighty two, had a smoking courtyard. That's basically what it was. They called it Smoke Hall, but it wasn't inside. It was <laughs> it was outside. It was like a courtyard area. Yeah. So the smoking section on planes was an idea everyone knew at the time was dumb. Says Stoner, you know, the, the, the first plane flight I ever took, and as much as I fly now and I'm over three and a half million miles with American and several other ones, I didn't get on a plane until I was 18. First flight I ever took was the first leg of coming out from North Carolina to Texas in Christmas after uh, that fall semester. So it was from Charlotte to Atlanta on Eastern Airlines, which Charlotte to Atlanta is like going Austin to Dallas it's or Dallas to Houston. It's a quick hop. Yeah. I was in the middle seat in almost the back row in the smoking section, in the middle seat between two smokers. That was my first ever plane flight. Fortunately, that was a short one. And then uh, there was one one I think I connected to a Delta flight from Atlanta to DFW, and I was up front and had a window seat, and it was a lot cooler when it, when I did that. So, yeah. We were a little classier in, in Florence, America, Craig. We were more... Uh... You know, the, the smokeless tobacco was a little more prevalent in my day. Okay, yeah, there was, there was some of that, too. You, you know, they didn't do, it, it, and were, when I was going to high school, they didn't have a lot of, like, Skull and Copenhagen use. It was it was Red Man. It was the Charm. It was, that, you know, they're in North Carolina. It was, no, a, lot of, pretty, it was a lot of that we, stuff. We pretty much just stuck to Copenhagen. Uh, it was Charm. It was Bull in the Woods, that uh, that kind of thing there. Uh, you, ever, you ever dip snuff, Craig? You ever, you ever get nope. you, catch you a dip? Cam, nope. Cam, you ever dip? No. No? No, never did that. Or I did for a very, very short time. Somebody said uh, we had a smoke wind tunnel area in our high school that we called the cage. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, John and Bay wants to know before this end of the show, so we'll have to do it quickly when we come back. We'll do it. Our, our champion's dinner menu. That uh, And then somebody said all I want, and I am in total agreement with this, is the Chop House Cheddar Burger to come back. So to simplify things. That's what the entree would be at my champion's dinner. Is that too much to ask? Yeah, I'd say Whataburger, you know, shelved it. I love the Chop House Cheddar Burger. I like the A1 Thick and Hearty. Get rid of that, too. So, oh, yeah, some of, the, some of the text line mentioned Levi Garrett. There you go. Yeah, Levi Garrett. Yep, that's another one. Absolutely, yeah. R.L. Turner High School in Carrollton has a smoking section in a courtyard in the middle of school. That's pretty much what it was. It was kind of in a courtyard area out there, big old 55-gallon drum, people just tossing their cigarette butts in there when they get done and get on the shop class. You, you know, know uh, I was watching an MLB Network documentary over the weekend. You know, dipping snuff is what uh, what took down Tony Gwynn. Yes, it is. It is. Got oral cancer. Yep, yep. Temple High School, home of Gene Watson, had a smoking section out in front of the school. Why didn't you ask Gino about that today? I should have. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> Jim from Lago Vista says, I grew up in El Paso, weed capital of Texas. Enough said. Okay. All right. We'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower here on the Horn. Okay. Before we go, John of the Bay wanted to know 
What would we serve at our champion's dinner? What would you serve, Jeff Howe? Seriously, Chicken Whopper? No, I'm not the oh. Chicken Whopper. Okay. I'm, pro- I'm probably going like chicken fried steak, mashed mm-hmm. potatoes, green beans, something simple. Yeah. Uh, that can be it's universally liked. Dessert, I'm definitely going, I'm going to call Travis and get the key lime pie from Hay City Store. Okay. Good definitely call. Definitely got to go with that. Uh, I, I would have, uh, as appetizers, this would be a mix between some of my Italian heritage and my Texas love and the low country of uh, the Carolina coast. Uh, appetizers, toasted ravioli, okay? Have uh, some toasted ravioli for that, and maybe mini corn dogs pay homage uh, homage to my uh, junk food love. Uh, then, for the entrees, choice of a lasagna, like the kind my mom used to like, or chicken fried steak. Yeah. You have your choice of those two entrees. And then for the dessert, I'd get uh, just a whole selection of cream pies from the uh, outstanding Blue Bonnet Cafe in Marble Falls. Hey, hey, by the way, our buddy Golf Lingo yeah? texted us. He stopped at an all-subs, said good call on the See, all-subs stuff. you could have the all-subs burrito as an appetizer. Boom, there we go. Beef and bean burritos coming to Augusta. <laughs> I love it. It's done. All right. For our man behind the glass, our producer, Cam Parker, and for my co-host, Jeff Howe, I'm Craig Way. Thanks for joining us. Uh, again, a reminder, Longhorn Baseball on AM today, AM 1260 and 101.9 FM, beginning at 345 Texas and Air Force. Stay tuned up next, Chad and Zay, former co-host Jeff Alm Craigway. Thanks for joining us. We'll visit with you tomorrow on Light the Tower.